If you have your Bibles, open them with me and turn to Hebrews chapter 11. And you might have heard this passage of scripture yesterday at church, and I'm going to read it again because um, you could never hear scripture too much. I mean, personally, I, I have the tendency to kind of like have the same scriptures all around that I kind of go over and over because the more that you hear it, the more that you read it, the more you memorize it, and then you don't forget. Um, hey, Sheba, good to see you. And then, um, and then you're in a situation and you're like, I remember this scripture and it comes to your head and you're able to speak it out loud. And that is so important. And that's why, um, I remember when I was a kid and, uh, like I would hear this, I'd be like, oh, I've already heard that story because I didn't understand hearing it once is not good enough because every time you hear it, every time you read it, there's something new that you can learn from it that maybe you missed the first time. So I personally now, I love to hear scriptures over and over again. And it just, it sinks deep down into your spirit and you're never going to forget it. And, and scripture is important. It's, it's the bread of life. And so, um, so I'm going to, I'm going to, even though we heard it yesterday, I'm going to read it again. Gasper, I use different ones. This, what I'm going to read right now is from the NIV. Uh, that's the Bible that I happen to have. Uh, though in the broadcast, usually I'll, I'll kind of skip around to, to different versions. Um, personally, I like, for some reason, I don't know why I really like the, the East, the, um, Eastern, not Eastern, the English standard version ESV. I, I use that one a lot. Um, sometimes I'll use NLT. Uh, the reason being is because, um, I, 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 I don't want to use the, the versions that have like the, the easiest English to understand, but they're good versions. Um, so, so yeah, so for right now, I'm going to be using NIV. No problem. So Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. Um, no, we're going to go to, we'll, no, we'll start at 32. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury, the fury of flames, escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskin and goatskin, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. Hey, Joanne, glad you're here. What, that, there's a lot in that passage. And, you know, the, the, the first thing that I think when I read such a passage is I think about, wow, there's so much victory and so much uh, um, conquering in the first part. And then the second part is like, yeah, well, then other people were like sawed in half. <laughs> and it's like, wow, there's such a contrast. But what I love 
is verse 38 when it says the world was not worthy of them. There were people who were, who were so strong that, the, that, that, that this world could, I mean, the, the world was not worthy to have them walking on it. And, you know, the interesting thing about this is like, if you, if you followed me for long enough, um, you'll know that I love, um, I love to speak about victory. Um, I love to speak about how God rescues us. I love to speak about, um, you know, just, just those kind of, those kind of topics. Like I, I love to talk about it because it's everywhere in the scripture everywhere you know especially in the old testament all you read about is is god's people that were, were were that overcame things and conquered things and god rescued them from 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 different situations just like we read right um they shut the mouths of lions they escaped the fury of flames they escaped the edge of the sword um hey lynn good to see you oops I have to be careful. <laughs> if you click the wrong thing, you could end up like blocking a person. So I got to be really careful with that. <laughs> and I can't keep pressing the screen because before you know it, um, I might accidentally block you and then you're going to be mad at me and I get to feel bad, but it's not my fault because my, you know, I don't have big fingers, but sometimes I press the wrong thing. Um, and the, there's such a contrast. And you know what? You know what it makes me think? It makes me think. I'm not sure why, um, I'm not sure why some people ended up being sawed in half. I'm not sure why some were put into prison and others weren't. I'm not sure why, um, um, you know, some, I, I, I don't know why were some tortured and some weren't. I'm not sure why. I, I don't, I don't have an answer for that. But I'm going to tell you this, the people that were, that did suffer, that were persecuted and mistreated, they counted it all joy because, and, and look what it says in verse 39, they were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. They, and, and it's like they looked at their situation and said, it's okay. It's worth it. Whatever happens, I don't care because I know what God has promised me and I know that there's something better there waiting for me. And if, if in this life I end up being persecuted, then I count it all joy. Just like it says in James chapter one, look at James chapter one, verse two, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. That passage, boy, it has all, you could preach an entire sermon just based on, on those few verses alone because they're, it's packed full of important truth. First of all, talking about how whenever you face trials and you have to understand um, that if you look into 
the uh, the original language and you understand the context of this, it's talking about persecutions. Um, and it's saying that those persecutions are things that will test your faith. Um, and then it, it goes on to talk about how when you ask for something, you have to believe and not doubt. Explaining that when you, when you believe for something, you have to believe and not doubt it. And, and, and you know, I, I have a feeling. I have a feeling that when James was speaking about this, that there were probably people that, that were going through difficult things and, and suddenly the, the, their faith was kind of like, uh, it wasn't as strong maybe as it should have been. And suddenly they're starting to doubt things. They're starting to doubt, well, is God, is God really going to help me? Is he really going to look out for me? Is he really protecting me? And, and, and it, what ends up happening is that now you become unstable in, in the way that you ask, uh, you ask God for things, the way that you approach God. That suddenly you're starting to, there's this little bit of doubt that creeps in. Why did that happen? You know, why, why did God allow that to happen? Uh, why, why did we face that situation? Um, and I'm just saying that randomly, maybe you're facing a situation where something has happened that you didn't expect and it's upset you maybe, or it's confused you maybe. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, wait a minute, I thought, I thought we had the favor of God. Why did this happen? Let me tell you something. The favor of God has not left you. It has never left you. You know, though, when, we, when we read about, about the people in, in, in Hebrews chapter 11, they don't, what did they say? What does it say? It says, they refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. So in other words, they had the opportunity to turn from God and say, you know what? This is too difficult. I can't deal with this. I, I, I'm going to say, all right, all right. I, 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 I'm, I'm going I'm to denounce God. You, you just, please just let me go. And they said, no, I refuse. They refuse to be released. Another version says they refuse to turn from God because they knew there was something better coming for them. And so they, and that's why when the Bible says, consider it pure joy, or another version says, count it all joy. Do not look opposite. Let me tell you something. Opposition is not a setback. It's not, I, I, I could, and again, just really random. I'm not saying, um, I'm not saying it happened to anybody that I know, but maybe something happened to you. Something in, in the way of persecution or opposition that, you, that you, 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 you maybe thought wouldn't happen. And it did happen to you. And then you ask yourself the question, well, it, it didn't happen to other people, but it happened to me. You know, like Loretta said, why me? Why not me? That's a good way of looking at it. Because I'm going to tell you this. The devil doesn't bother to mess with people who aren't doing anything. The devil, if you're not, if you're not taking ground for the kingdom, the devil doesn't care about you. You're irrelevant to him. He has no interest in you. So when you face opposition, that's why it says, count it all joy. Count it all joy. Because it means that you must be doing something that is worth the opposition. Because if, there, are, there could be people that go through their entire life. They don't, they don't have to conquer anything and they never get opposition because they never really do anything. 
right? That's the reality. You know, the people that had to overcome things. Okay. For example, um, Dan, uh, Daniel in the lion's den. Why was he in there to begin with? Because he took a stand and God protected him. The people that were, were, were flogged and, and, and put in chains and put in prison. Why? Because they were, they were, uh, um, they got in trouble because they were preaching the gospel. Right. And so in order to face any kind of opposition that has to be overcome, you have to be doing something. That's why you count it all joy because you realize, Hey, Jesus promised I would face persecution in this life. He said, uh, um, um, you know, uh, you'll get, you're going to be hated on account of me. You know, just remember this, you know, the religious people of the time, um, they, you know, they, they hated Jesus. You know, they hated him. They didn't like what he was doing. They didn't accept him as a Messiah. And so everyone who was following him, they didn't like them either. You know, if you remember when, when Peter was, was around the, 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 the fire and the little girl asked her, asked her, asked, sorry, asked him, um, do you know Jesus? And he's like, no, I don't know who he is because it was, it wasn't considered a good thing to be a follower of Jesus. You weren't looked at well. He knew that if he told people, oh yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was like his right hand man. I was like right there. Who knows what, what they, what they might've said to him. And he didn't want to face that heat. He didn't want to face that heat. He was not interested at that, at that time. And it's funny, it's funny, not funny, but interesting what the anointing of the spirit did to Peter, that he went from not wanting to put up with the heat to being the person who said, should I not rather obey God than man? That's what he became when, when there was that transition from before he, he had the Holy Spirit to after. What a transition. That's another, that's another sermon in of itself to talk about what happened uh, um, with Peter before he, he, he had the spirit and after. Talk about a change. Being scared of what a little girl might say. To standing up to government officials and saying, I'm not obeying you, I'm obeying the Lord. And that takes, you know, that takes fortitude. And it's not easy to do. You know, I think Sheba mentioned the comment before. When it's something tangible, it's a little bit more difficult. But listen, and, I, and I'm going to get to the best part. This is just like an introduction. But listen, you know, <laughs> I, I look at, I, I would look at, and again, just random, I'm not saying that anything happened or didn't happen. Um, but you know, I, I look at things as, wow, the devil really does not want us to, to keep going. The devil really wants us to stop. He wants us to give up. He wants us to throw in the towel. He wants us to say, that's not worth it. He wants us to be like Peter around that fire and say, you know what? I'm not, I'm not down for this heat. I'm not down to, to, to deal with this. You know, I just saw what, what happened to Jesus. I don't know if I can deal with that. That's what the devil wants us to do. He wants us to back down and back off, but I've got a message. And the devil's not here. He's not allowed anywhere near me. But I'm going to tell you, if he, if he ever gets wind of this broadcast, he better listen carefully. We're not stopping. We're not quitting. And we're not backing down. Because we understand that there is a better promise waiting for us. And not just, not just in the life to come. And that's what I want to get to tonight. Because you have to understand this. Um... God's favor 
has never left. You know, when you're, when you're serving the Lord and you're walking in obedience, opposition is not, listen to me, it is not an indication that he's lifted his hand off your life. Oh no, quite the opposite. It's an indication that you're a person that, that, that is making damage to the kingdom of darkness and they don't like it very much and they don't want you to prosper and they don't want you to move forward. They don't want the gospel to go out. They don't want it and they'll do everything they can to stop you. If you never in your entire life ever faced anything for the gospel, well, either you live in a, in a really, really favorable place, which might be, there are, there are, there are more favorable places for sure. Or it means that you're just, you're not doing anything. So count it all joy, my friends, count it. And it, maybe something might happen that doesn't feel so joyful in the moment. And maybe you want to slam the door in somebody's face. Maybe you want to rip something and throw it back at them. Maybe you want to do all those things. But I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. God has not lifted his hand from you. If anything, his hand is, is of protection is even stronger on you. You want to know why? Because you're sitting here today and you're listening to this broadcast. And you have breath in your lungs. And you have the ability to still preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Remember, remember what happened to Paul, the most persecuted of everybody. What's the last thing we read about him in the book of Acts? First of all, he had enough money to rent a house for two years. So he obviously had a lot of money and he preached boldly and without hindrance. That's his story. That's what I remember from him. That's what I remember from him. He fought the good fight and he finished the race. And so there might be a time, maybe, where you might lose something. But I have good news for you tonight. You won't lose anything. <laughs> but I have good, if, if it ever should happen, I have good news for you. Turn with me to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, starting at verse 28. Peter said to him, we have left all we had to follow you. I don't know if Peter was looking for like a pat on the back or something, but um, <laughs> Peter, I'll tell you, I, I'm going to preach, well, someday I'm going to preach a sermon about the before and after of Peter because it's, it's great. Um, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. I assure you that everyone who has given up house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God, listen carefully will be repaid many times over in this life and will have eternal life in the world to come. Jesus was letting them know that anything that you might have had to give up or sacrifice or anything that might have been taken from you on account of following me, you will get it back many times over. You know, that, that, that story is repeated again in Matthew chapter 19, verse 29. And it says, this is even better. We'll receive a hundred times as much in this life and will inherit eternal life. Th think about that for a second. 
a hundred times. So if you do the math, just picking a random number, <laughs> I'm bad at math. You'd probably have to receive $150,000. Just random. If you were going to get a hundred, where are my math friends at? I think that's a hundred. A hundred times as much. A hundred times as much. And so Jesus is basically letting Peter know, Peter, don't, yeah, I understand that you gave up a lot, but it's going to pale in comparison to what you are going to receive in this life, in this life, and then you're going to receive eternal life. So not only are you going to, are you going to be repaid for what you might have given up? If you have to give something up, if you, if you gave something up, you're going to be repaid a hundred times as much in this life. And then you're going to receive eternal life because you know what? I, 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 there's this, uh, um, cause you know, when we read about that story in Hebrews, you think, well, yeah, you know, look what happened to them. They got persecuted. Yeah. Some people do. Some people die from persecution and other people don't. It doesn't change the fact that there's a promise that Jesus gave. And he said, you will receive a hundred times as much now in this life and eternal life in the, in the world to come. And that's a, isn't that like a, a, a is, doesn't that serve as a reminder that any material possessions, um, that you might hold dearly to you, you know, the story that prompted this uh, passage in Luke 18 uh, was a rich young ruler. Um, and if you know anything about the story of the rich young ruler, you know, he was say he was, a, he, he, he was, a, a, well, let me read it. Um, so he, he, he was following the, the law, right? He was, he was obeying the law. Um, and it says a certain ruler asked him, so this is Luke 18, 18, good teacher. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know, the, com exactly Sheba, you know, the command and is it, sorry, just to stop there. Isn't it more worth it to be counted righteous? Isn't it more worth it to say, I stood for what was right. I obeyed God rather than men. And even if I lose something, not only will I get it repaid to me, but I'll inherit eternal life. And, and, and you know, the, the people in Hebrews 11, the ones who were, who were persecuted and martyred, there's a, there's a special crown waiting for them. And I'm pretty sure it's a, I can guarantee you that they're sitting in heaven right now and they're not being like, Oh man, I should, I wish I would have just like turned and, and, and just walked away. Um, yeah, it, it was a, it, it was rough, you know, being sawed in half and stuff. Um, if I could go back, I probably wouldn't do it. I, I have a feeling, no, that's not what they're saying right now. Because the, what, what, it, what did it say? The world was too good for them. They were, pe those are special people because not everyone is going to be martyred. Some people are, but some aren't. So if somebody is, th those are special people, S people that the world is not worthy of. Let me keep reading. Sorry, I like Sheba's comment, so I got, uh, 
<laughs> I went on a tangent. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was a man of great wealth. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven? Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. You know, this passage is often used incorrectly as a, an indication that we shouldn't have a lot of money. I mean, man, I, and I, I suppose if you have a very light understanding of scripture, uh, I suppose I could understand why you'd see it that way. But all you have, see, here's the thing about the Bible. You have to keep reading it. You can't stop at one place or you can't take one place and, um, and, and, and then be like, okay, well, I figured it all out now. No, you've got to keep reading because what, 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 what happened in the rest of, of that, that dialogue with Jesus? It, it comes to verse, uh, verse 29. No one who has left home or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the gospel will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. So this is not an indication that you shouldn't have money. On the contrary, it's an indication that money shouldn't have you. In other words, in other words, understanding that the value comes in following Christ, that the value comes in, in, in submitting your entire life to the Lord. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. My dad says his dependence on wealth was an obstacle to him following Jesus. He wasn't willing to give it up. Hey, Melina, good to see you. And it's not easy. If, you're, if you have a lot of money, it's not easy to think of giving it up. And if you have a little money, it's definitely not easy to think about giving it up. But the point is to understand that those things, that's not where the value lies. You know, and I, I mean, this isn't a... a, a a teaching about prosperity, though I, I could do it because I, I, I do like talking about it because it's so important. And I, it's something I never used to understand. It's something I didn't have a, a good grasp on. I'd kind of um, understood it in, in growing up in church and I, I didn't really have a good, a good understanding. God wants to prosper you. Why? So that you could be a person that meets the needs of others. Not that you're in need, but that you have enough to meet the needs of others. When, when, the, when the Bible commands to give to the poor, if you're poor, how are you going to give to the poor? Anyways, I'm not, I don't want to get on, this could get, this could go on. So I, I, I want to make sure I stick to, to the topic tonight. But, um, you know, it, it's just, it's not about, oh, you know, I'm going to be rich and, you know, I'm going to have a lot of money and like, I'm going to get the Ferrari I always wanted. Hey, if you, if you want to get a Ferrari, go for it. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Um, I don't, I don't, I, it's really none of, honestly, I don't know why it, it's people's business to decide how other people spend their money, but that's a topic for another day. The point is you have to understand that the value of life is not in material possessions. 
Though God, God wants to bless you and he wants to prosper you because when you're, when you prosper, um, like Carol said, that's it. Blessed to be a blessing. You know, I remember I learned that when I was in Bible school and it's when I had kind of got a little bit of a better understanding about prosperity and realizing, well, wait a minute, if I have a lot of money, I can help other people. And, and, and you know, and, and it's like, I think it's something that I never, I just didn't understand it before. Um, so, so you have to realize that, that your, your value, the things that matter in life, the things that you place a, a priority on, importance on, it's not about the material things. It's about following God and knowing and being confident that he will take care of you, that you're not going to end up out on the street, that you're going to, you're not going to end up with nothing for following him, you know. I want to read um, in Psalm 103 because this, this Psalm, maybe one of my favorite, my favorite scriptures. I don't know why I didn't put a bookmark. See, this is me turning the pages. Very interesting, I know. Psalm 103. Um, oh, the beginning of Psalm 103, verse 1. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. <laughs> um, I heard somebody preaching about this, and, and this is something that I had, um, I thought the exact same thing. I, there's a song, um, I, and I, apologize, I don't know who wrote it. I'm not trying to call out the songwriter. I'm sure that they have a good heart. You know, I'm not trying to, to call them out, but but the, the lyrics of the song says, we don't want blessing, we just want you. And see, people sing that, and they think it makes them sound really like holy and righteous and humble. You can't have God without the blessing. It's part of who he is. It's literally like he is about blessing. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. It's a package deal. You know, I, I've said this story before, and I love to I love to say it because I, I feel like it it it's so it, it brings so much clarity and understanding to this subject. Um, I like to watch Hallmark movies. Um, some of the new ones aren't great, but in general, they're pretty good. And I particularly love. Anything to do with like a, um, a royal theme, like a, like somebody marries a prince or, you know, somebody like falls in love with some guy and he's pretending to be a normal person and then it turns out he's a prince and yeah, I love that. And it's actually ironic because I have zero interest in the royal family, like zero. Um, yeah, Sheba, I, I know what you're saying for sure. Um, and, um, I, but I love the Royal Hallmark movies. Um, I like, okay, so I agree, Sheba, um, because some people might look at God that way and say, oh God, I want this. I want that. Seek the Lord. That's why it says, because Psalm 103 is very clear in the order of how it goes. Praise the Lord. All my inmost being praise his holy name. Praise the Lord. It's like, there's a, there's an order to this. Seek first the Lord, seek him first, praise him first, extol him first, give him the glory first. 
And then, um, which movie is that, Auntie Joe? I don't think I heard of it. Is that a movie? Well, Alicia, they're supposed to be cheesy. That, um, it's the cheesiness that makes them great. Um, trilogy? Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the Weddingville ones. Uh, okay, I also love uh, Hallmark movies about weddings. Anything about weddings. Um, actually, here's a funny story. Just because I'm in a just because I'm in a, a funny mood, so I'll tell you the story. So my best friend uh, had planned her wedding out, um, planned everything, everything was ready to go, um, and it was about six weeks out from the wedding. So you know, crunch time. Crunch time is is when you get about six weeks out. She had her, her bridal shower and, and everything, and then. Uh, this was early 2020 and if we all remember what happened um, in early 2020 is um, the lockdown began and her wedding obviously didn't happen. It did eventually happen, praise the Lord, and it was the best wedding ever. Um, but for, for the until until her wedding actually happened and it took I think like a year and three months or something, a year and four months after the, the original date should have been. Um, I could not watch a wedding movie because I was so upset. <laughs> uh, I could not. So all, all the Hallmark movies, if I saw that it was about a wedding, I couldn't watch it. I could not watch it. But now I'll watch them all because it was a great wedding and um, and it was awesome. So praise the Lord. God, God came through for sure. And uh, God, God restored everything that was lost and made it better, by the way. Because that's what God does. That's how he operates. Um, and so now, yeah, so wedding movies. But, but the royal movies, what I love... Hey, you're here. All right. Um, what, what I love about those royal movies, in particular, it's like... As <laughs> Shiva. Oh, my gosh. So good. Um... What I love about the royal movies is that you always have like, like, you know, a regular ordinary person and they're always so resistant, um, to, to like everything. It's like, they don't want to be waited on. They don't want to be, um, you know, it's too much, right? They don't want someone to open the door for them. They don't want someone to lay the clothes out for them. Uh, it's like, because when, when you're in a palace, when you're a royal, uh, um, th there are certain benefits that go along with it. And that's the way God is. It is it is a package deal. There are benefits that go along with being a child of God. There are certain things that are part of the covenant that you have with God when you become a child of God. So don't be like those those Hallmark actresses who go to the palace and are like, oh, uh, I could do that myself. I don't want anybody doing anything for me. Oh, I, this is a, I can't, I don't want to wear that dress. No, don't be like that Hallmark actress. Embrace it. Because when you're a child of God, you're the child of a king. And there are benefits that come along with that. And we don't seek God um, because we're like, well, you know, I really need more money. So I'm going to like, I think I'm going to worship God and, and stuff. And then he's going to give me all the money. You're not going to get anything that way because God sees right through you, right to the intentions of your heart. But when we seek the Lord with a sincere heart, 
when we praise him with all of our inmost being, like the scripture says in Psalm 103, the benefits are part of the package deal. No, Shiva, it's just a good example. <laughs> Verse three, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Two separate things. That's, okay, we're not talking about healing tonight, but if we were, this is a hallmark scripture, no pun intended. <laughs> oh man, it's one of those nights. Um, you know, it, 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 it's two separate things. Uh, forgives your sins, heals your diseases. It's part of the atonement. That's a subject for another day. Verse four, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Don't, I, I'm sorry, but, but those, those kind of songs, I don't know. I, I, get, I guess I understand what you're trying to say, but I'm not going to sing that. Because you're basically saying to God, I don't want part of your nature. I don't, I don't you know, I, or, or not even that. I don't even understand your nature if you sing a song like that. Because you don't even understand what God wants for you. And I'm going to read more in Psalm 103, verse 17. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts at from everlasting to everlasting, from glory to glory, from victory to victory and from strength to strength. The victory, we already have victory and now we're walking in that victory. So if something might have happened to you, don't look at it as a defeat because you're an overcomer. Look at it as, wow, I am one of the people that God has, 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 has uh, uh, chosen for such a time as this to be in this province, in this country, at this church, for this moment in time. Count it all joy. And remember that God does not forsake his children. Remember that with the Lord comes blessing and benefits and all good things. And if, and I say a big if, you might lose out on a, something material in this life, it'll be returned to you 100 fold. That's not me saying that because it sounds good, but that's what the word of God says. I, I, I don't know about you, but but I, I look at at. at any kind of persecution, the unexpected kind, the expected kind, whatever you want to say. And I don't, I've, I've made a decision now. I'm not going to compare to other people in other places and say, oh, they don't have it as hard. I, I realize, you know what, whatever. I, I can't, I, I don't know what's going on in their situation. All I know, that's right, Josie, his hand of favor is always over us. All I know is, I count this joy because I know that my faith now is going to become stronger. And that's my prayer for you tonight, that your faith becomes stronger, not less. Not like what James warns about, that don't become a person who's double-minded, who doubts in their heart, who says, yeah, yeah, I have faith. But then one thing happens to them and, and, it, and it all goes out the window. And one thing happens to them and then they just say, forget it, it's not worth it. Don't, you know. God, God's got you. His blessings, 
from everlasting to everlasting. And even if there's something that you might end up giving up on this side of eternity, it'll be returned to you. And if the rapture happens before it can be fully returned, then you'll have eternal life and the rest of eternity to enjoy the Lord. And isn't that great? Isn't that great? So you don't have to worry. There's nothing to worry about. God has you. He has you covered. Turn to Psalm 32. And I'll close with this because, boy, the time goes fast. It's because I tell too many stories. But I like telling stories. What am I going to say? Um, Psalm 32, starting at verse 6. Because this is um, the posture that you need to take. Um... In, in every situation. And this goes for anything. Just random. I'm not thinking of anything specific. But, you know, anything. Verse 6. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you, while you may be found. Surely, when the waters rise, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and brittle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the man who trusts in him rejoice in the lord and be glad you righteous sing all who are upright in heart rejoice in the lord and be glad be glad if you hold something in your hand that is a result of you taking a stand and saying i don't care what man says i am going to obey god first say rejoice and be glad you righteous sing all who are upright in heart why because the lord is our hiding place he protects us from trouble he surrounds us with songs of deliverance everything in the scripture points to the same the same point that there is victory where the Lord is, that there is rescue where the Lord is, that there is deliverance where the Lord is. We know we might face persecutions. We have. That's a promise. It's no reason to lose your faith. You know, it's no, maybe people will get saved as a result of it. Maybe a police, maybe a judge. I don't know. Again, random. I have nothing in mind. But you you know, you don't who knows, right? I I, I listen. I understand um that sometimes in the natural something might happen and it, and it could it could throw you a little bit. But friends, listen, be encouraged, understand that when you make a decision to be in covenant with the Lord, he is there for you. Exactly, Steph. It's always worth it. Following the Lord is always worth it. You don't go down when you follow God. You go up. 
That's why it says in Deuteronomy, I am the head and not the tail. I am above and never on the bottom. I am the lender, not the borrower. That's how you have to speak. That's how I speak. Because I know what the word says, regardless. And, and you know, the fun, here's the funny thing. It's not like something strange is happening in the world in terms of persecution. We knew, we, we were warned of persecution. Jesus said it multiple times. I'm, am I freezing? Gasper says I'm freezing. I don't know if it's, uh, if it's everybody. Let me know. You know, it's not, it's not, we shouldn't be shocked. Oh, what? The, the, the devil doesn't want us to advance? Of course he doesn't. There, the devil has no, has no recourse against a, a powerful, spirit-filled, faith-filled Christian. He has no recourse. So the only thing he could try to do is to discourage you. To get you to quit, to get you to back down, to get you to stop, to get you to think that God's not with you. Just like the person in James saying that, that now that they're like a double-minded man, that, that, that they're tossed to and fro. That's what the devil tries to do. He tries to get you to question things. That's the first thing he did. The first thing he did was he said to Eve, did God really say his tricks are as old as the beginning of the creation of the earth. <laughs> Literally. Same thing then, same thing now. And guess what? <laughs> it's not going to work with me. And if you're out there tonight listening, let me know with, with some kind of emoji. It's not going to work with you. You're not going to back down. You're not going to turn around and quit. You're not going to give up. But you're going to rest in the promises of God, knowing that he's with you from everlasting to everlasting, that he's our hiding place, that he wants to give you good things, that he desires to bless you. Praise him tonight. Let, let's pray. Let, let's thank him. Let's praise him. Father, I thank you. I thank you for, for your never failing love, for your never ending protection. I thank you that, that no matter what opposition might come our way, we know that we already have the victory and we're walking in that victory. Thank you that, that even through, through a, a persecution or opposition, that we are strengthened. Thank you that it makes us bolder. Thank you, thank you that it makes us stronger. Thank you that it makes us even more determined to take ground for the kingdom of God, to, 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 to defeat the kingdom of darkness. Because that very moment when the veil was torn in two, that once and for all, the devil was defeated. And all he can try to do is to get us to stop and to quit and to stop on our mission. But Father, I thank you that I know that I'm speaking to a bunch of people who have made their decision and drawn their line in the sand and saying, nothing is going to stop me from advancing the kingdom of God on this earth. Thank you, Lord, that you're with us. Thank you, Lord, that we know that we will receive everything, anything we might have lost, we will receive now and in the life to come. We will receive, be repaid a hundredfold now and then in eternal life. Thank you, Father. Thank you that, that nothing of material possession is, is of any value in comparison to you. Thank you that we seek your face. 
And as a result, we, uh, we live and walk in your blessing. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your favor. Your, your favor surrounds us like a shield and it is not stopped. That shield is not suddenly weakened. That shield has not been suddenly removed. It is strong. It, it, it's the kind of shield, like in the full armor of God, set up to repel the fiery darts of the enemy. And he tries to throw them at us. But we have that shield of faith that will not uh, uh, allow anything to come through and hit us. Thank you, Lord. I, I, I give you all the praise. That's right. All for your glory. All for your glory. All for your honor. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that the, 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 if, 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 you t if, if Jesus tarries long enough, that the story of our lives will be of people who, who, who stood in the face of opposition and said, I don't care what the world might do to me, but I am following the Lord. I'm walking in his ways and I'm walking in obedience to him and nothing and no one can ever stop me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you've placed us here for such a time as this, that you knew exactly what would be happening at this time. And thank you that, that our faith has been tested and we've been refined in the fire. And now we're coming out like pure gold in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for every single person here that's watching. Father, I pray any area of concern they might have, uh, doubt, worry, discouragement, I pray that you replace all of those things with a spirit of joy, with a spirit of hope, with a spirit of peace, with a spirit of comfort. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that, that, that we seek your face and we get all of those things deposited into us. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, I pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.